This is Sarah's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. Driving cross-country with two young children is ambitious, to say the least. Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They referred us to a great mechanic just down the street and we were back on the road in no time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Hello and welcome to the Science and Magic, a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to co-create evolutionary thought and new solutions. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour we'll be exploring shamanic tools for energy healing. Many people are aware of the use of crystals and gemstones in New Age forms of healing. Not so many may know of the nearly universal use of crystals and minerals in shamanic healing practices worldwide and across the ages. In most every shaman's medicine bundle is a collection of sacred crystals and minerals used in everything from earth activation to healing. Our bodies are made of water, air, earth, and fire. We're about 60% water. We breathe air that's carried to the cells by the bloodstream. Our bones and the iron in our blood are composed of the minerals and the mitochondria of our cells enable the generation of fuel for the cell's activities. The fire, energy providing power for the entire system. Health is dependent upon a balance between these four elements. My first shamanic teacher explained that he used his medicine crystals combined with his intent to break up what he calls sickness in the cells, cells excuse me, stuck in the crystalline forms found in our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies. Why is this universal use of crystals and minerals in shamanic healing? 
are there really crystalline forms in our bodies that become imbalanced, causing illness? How does shamanic healing work? With us this hour to explore these ancient mysteries is Herb Stevenson. As a part of his efforts to reclaim his Native American heritage, Shawnee and Cherokee, he's been exploring indigenous healing practices. He provides workshops around the country on crystal energy healing and most recently on time crystals. His website, onewhitehorsestanding.com. Herb, thanks for joining us on The Science of Magic. Thank you, Gwilden. I appreciate being here. We should have this. Should be an interesting, interesting time together. I understand you bridge the worlds of business and spiritual healing. How do you manage that? <laughs> uh, cautiously. <laughs> it's um, it's it's one of those strange things. I, I I'll give you a little background about it because I think it would be useful for folks. Um, my actual background originally was in uh, banking and um, uh, bank consulting. And I had what we would now call spiritual awakening, where my world got turned upside down. And it suddenly became clear that my heritage was going to be very important. And I began to understand my family dynamics. My mother would go to church to speak to God, where my father would go out in the woods uh, to be with spirit to get clarity. And I guess I was about 35 or so when this all happened, and it uh, put me on a journey that I've been on now for 30 years and uh, so one of the biggest issues when you ask the question that I think this is a lot of people who practice uh, shamanically struggle with is how do you have your day-to-day life and then also have your shamanic uh, beliefs and practices um, the what I came to conclusion for myself was own it and when I say that is I don't make excuses or hide the fact that I have Native American hit, uh, tr- um, bloodlines and traditions and um, practices are as valid as anybody else's. And that's really changed it because at that point then it was much easier for me to go public and to work and do workshops. Um, when I cross culture, because my uh, consulting practice is actually global, um, I often find indigenous cultures locally who want to talk to me. and. Um, it's just fascinating to me because they immediately say I, <laughs> I'm i not like any um, American they've met before or American businessman. And um, so it's it's been this journey of, uh, I guess, just trying to be as present as I possibly can to who I am and not what the world is wanting me to be, and that's how I navigate that gap. Well, we're going to have to pick up on the journey on the other side of a commercial break. Herb and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Our current episodes are internationally broadcast and aired daily through the X-Zone Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. The X-Zone is based in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. In service to our listeners, prior innovative episodes can always be accessed free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Herb Stevenson. Herb has studied indigenous healing practices and offers workshops on crystal energy healing and time crystals around the country. His website, onewhitehorsestanding.com. Herb, we were talking about how you managed to reconcile the business world and your shamanic practice. Uh, what do you find is the benefits of being able to own that? Uh, the biggest benefit is, is that uh, it supports what I do. I do a lot of executive leadership and um, the phrase that I use is I support people to be more fully who they are. Mm-hmm. And by that being a driving force with inside myself, uh, it's, it's supporting others to recognize that, you know, we're not just this uh, cut and dried uh, image that uh, we've been told we're supposed to, to follow to be successful. So in other words, you know, I am a, just a businessman. Um, I, really support a lot of my clients to have a work-life quality, for example. To me means, are you present enough to look in the eyes of your children and your spouse uh, every night when you go home? Uh, most of my clients will acknowledge that they don't. But shamanism is very much about being fully present and having clear intent about who you are, and that translates very well over to the business world. I may not use the same language, but it ties together, and Ellen Langer from Harvard, who's done a lot of studies on meditation, is the same thing as for a long time business people would say meditation was woo-woo, uh, you know, was fluff, uh, soft stuff. Now they're finding out that those who meditate and get fully present and are absolutely clear in themselves who they are are the more effective leaders. So the bridges are actually starting to build compared to where they were 30 years when I, ago when I started this process. And this is a blessing, isn't it? Person, you know, if you just wear a cookie cutter identity, I'm a business person, okay, versus I am what I am and what I'm doing is being a business person. Can you speak to the difference between that? How does that show up? Uh, well, a lot of us have uh, images that we're taught. As a, the example is my image when I was still in banking was uh, three piece pinstripe suits and. Um, 
you, you just did certain things and behaved a certain way and drove a certain car and all those type of things that we see for those who are old, as old as I am, which <laughs> I'm old enough to retire. Uh, role models in the U.S. was Ozzie and Harriet was the role model family or Leave it to Beaver. And, and the, the truth of the matter is, is those role models uh, aren't real. Uh, people are people, and we have massive differences and variations. And so the way it plays out for me is is I support people to look at their dreams um, and their frustrations um, as well as because they're taught a lot of time in business was, you know, ignore that. That's not worth anything. But usually behind a doubt or something is a, a frustration is a uh, an awareness that is simply a part of you wants to, to speak, wants to be part of the life. And when uh, executives actually begin to uh, integrate that, the interesting part is not only are they happier, they're more successful. Some make job changes. Uh, others actually realize they've been holding themselves back. And the result is, uh, overall for me, is they're more, they're a more effective human being. Mm-hmm. Herb, where did you receive your training in, in indigenous practices? Oh, uh, a variety of places. I had different teachers initially. Um, there's a two-part story that that's interesting about my, my heritage, which will tie into this. First, I just got one of those situations where I suddenly started seeing reality different. So suddenly I could feel energy in stones. And my father had always been uh, a healing uh, person and worked with the stones and crystals. I just wasn't interested. Um, so I practiced. I read books. Um, and then one of the things that, that I found out was is that um, a lot of Cherokee um, medicine, as we would call it, which is your spiritual essence, those who uh, fully commit to it, uh, comes to them as they say through spirit, which means you practice every day and by being fully present and paying attention to whenever you're in nature and things that need, uh, nature of crystals, whatever you're doing, um, your awareness goes up. Um, so for 20 years, I was trying to find what I thought would be a long-term teacher that I needed. And uh, I never found one. So I just knew I needed to keep doing what I was doing, and I did. Uh, and one day I was meeting uh, a Cherokee elder, J.T. Garrett, and we were chatting and talking about our uh, claiming our heritage and various things. And, and he said, uh, how did your medicine come to you? And I looked at him and I said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, you know the Cherokee way is the spirit will give you your gift. You can't be taught it. And I'd never heard that. And suddenly everything made sense because I have an understanding and work with, with uh, rocks and crystals that uh, has been my gift. And then I teach other people how to do the same thing. How much do you think of that is um, inherent in the blood? And how much do you think of that is inherent in your being exposed to your father's gift? Good question. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I was in my, it was my, my home was filled with rocks and crystals because my dad collected them. So on one side saying I was in the energy field, that was probably part of it. Uh, the Cherokee aspect of it, uh, my dad really didn't practice or even wasn't even aware of that. Uh, so I don't know if it was partly in the blood. Uh, I'll add a third component is something I actually believe. 
uh, I think we inherit a, a, a lineage energetically. So we can say, we often say it's in the blood, but I think it's the spirit of the blood, if, if I were to put it into an energetic uh, phrase. And from that is where I think it came because um, it was like something that was waiting to be discovered and came through. Uh, which made sense when JT told me, he says, you know, how did your, your spirit open that uh, avenue to you? Um, I would say it's probably, if I look at it uh, from your question, I'd say it's probably all of it. It's probably a little bit of a lineage. Probably a little bit of it is is the Cherokee, let's just call it a spiritual heritage, and um, I'm just being my father's uh, energy field. So let's take this back full circle. <laughs> It, how much of it is important that you are standing in your authenticity, like we were talking to start out with, being who you are rather than what you're labeled? I think that's the most critical aspect, actually. Um, being fully who you are allows more of the various gifts that all of us have. So if we go into all spiritual traditions, because I don't care what tribe it looks at or, or uh, what continent, uh, when I was studying the medicine well and various uh, spiritual traditions, everybody's saying the same thing, get fully present, be in the here and now. Uh, there is actually no such thing as past and future. These are just uh, mental machinations. And um, so what I realized is is uh, all of it, it comes down to is, is I think the gift of being a human is to be fully embody all of who you are and being fully authentic and all of who you are. So it's not just, I call it external authority is what the world's telling me I should be. It's internal authority of, this, of the full discovery of who I am. With one caveat, that especially in U.S. culture, it's giving yourself permission to do it. Mm -hmm. Because we don't socially, uh, when we're civilizing ourselves, give ourselves permission to grow that way, to do that kind of exploration. Uh, most religious traditions would call it um, selfishness or self-centeredness. But the actual deep, in-depth exploration of uh, defining who I am and how I am in the world, I think, is a critical aspect of what we're trying to do. And those who don't lose their connection not only to themselves, but to nature and to other people. So I think authenticity and, uh, is critical. I think it's probably the, the most important. What do you think drives us away from us the most? Civilization. <laughs> Would you go into that a little bit? Well, when I say civilization, what I'm saying is, is, is um, there's a phrase that came out. Uh, Donald Klein came up with a phrase called pro-social humiliation, which is, was his definition of, of what it means to civilize or prepare a child to function within society, in other words, within the rules of society. Um, but that's what teaches us all the morality of good, bad, right, wrong. Um, and a lot of times that pro-social humiliation is used against it. So a child is, is uh, guilt is inflicted upon the child for having made a mistake versus teaching them how to do it differently the next time. And that's one of the biggest cultural differences in the old ways of the native traditions, not necessarily the more modern, because They've been infiltrated as well. But I think that's one of the issues that really creates it is, is a major driving force away from 
um, specific types of behavior and seeking approval is to avoid embarrassment uh, and to get acknowledgement that uh, I'm important or I exist. And that, that would be where I, I think it comes from. Yeah, if we're guilty for the very basic essence of who and what we are, it's darn hard to be authentic, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And, <laughs> yeah. and unfortunately, a lot of families are raised that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to shift gears a little bit here. In more modern terms, we often hear something about called a pain body. And I think that might be um, instrumental here in keeping us from being present. What is a pain body? Um, I've got the phrase from Eckhart Tolle. Uh, he's one of the um, top um, spiritual writers. I, won't, I don't want to call him New Age because I don't think he's a New Age writer. I think he's, he truly has done his homework and is a deeply authentic spiritual individual. And his comment was, is it's this uh, body of energy that we create around ourselves, which is exactly what we were talking about. Uh, the, um, when guilt, shame, or various other things are triggered, what happens is the pain body activates. So the person has a massive emotional, visceral reaction. It's the exact same thing that also... Uh, holds any trauma. So if somebody has been going through any kind of trauma, this pain body actually circles the memory or the trauma so that as we get close to it, uh, it gets triggered. And it's it's a, a paradox because even um, Carl Jung and Jungian psychology talks about it. Is it's like we have this entity that protects us from the trauma, but the, but the problem is it triggers this massive emotional reaction as a way to keep us away from the original trauma. If we get through it, in other words, if we can stay 100% fully present in the moment and not flip back into trauma trance, as some people would call it, what happens is is a person actually can walk through and um, usually that's when they release uh, or begin the release of the trauma, which once that's healed, the pain body goes away. So it's it's a, it's a rather strange thing, and the way I've always envisioned it is this is is an arc field, an energetic field around us, that prevents us from actually uh, touching the trauma or finding it. Uh, second way ties back to. Well, we're going to have to go back into the second way on the other side of yet another commercial pause. Herb and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. So please don't leave us now. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network, where new and exciting things are always happening. You don't want to miss the other fine shows and hosts on XZBN.net. My personal all-time favorite is the Exxon Radio with Rob McConnell. You're listening to The Science of Magic, your resource for creative solutions in a changing world, thescienceofmagic.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Herb Stevenson. Herb has studied indigenous healing practices and offers workshops on crystal energy healing and time crystals. His website, onewhitehorsestanding.com. Herb, we were talking about something that's very near and dear to my heart, and that's how the pain body, as you were describing it, um, triggers us uh, into into our old damage. And doesn't that effectively take us out of the moment and we're making a rerun out of the future? Absolutely. Because part of my study about all of this, and which will lead us to when we get a little bit further to go into how time crystals came about, um, the four bodies, the emotional, physical, et cetera, all has an aspect of the pain body. So one of the ways that we've discovered in modern therapy was Peter Levine's work where Taming the Tiger was that we freeze part of the trauma or various aspects of ourselves in our body because it's either been traumatized or it's not acceptable. And and Levine came up with this physical or somatic process to release. Others do it therapeutically, which could either be said it's, it's mental or it's uh, emotional releases. Um, but the pain body also, and the dimension that I've been working in and trying to work with is would be considered the spiritual and the energetic. And uh, I think the pain bodies basically are something that prevents us. I, I call it an external authority simply because uh, people can relate to that a little easier than a pain body. Um, whereas uh, I'm, I, then I juxtapose that with internal authority, which is, is, is giving oneself the right to, to fully be who you are and to create the life that you actually want. And um, that leads to being present enough to witness yourself so that you can move through and actually release the pain body. And you can do it in a variety of modalities. Uh, I've tried about all of them uh, for myself and my own healing work over the years. And um, I'm a curious person that I just, if I notice something, I just keep noticing it until I get an understanding of what it actually is. And that's led to what the work I'm doing with the crystals and things of that nature at this point. So my 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 issue then, it comes down when I say pain body is, I think a pain body protects a moment in time. I'm, if you remember the old commercials uh, about uh, tape recording, is it Memorex or is it real? And, the, and we can't tell the difference. I think that's what happens inside ourselves is when we trigger the pain body, it, it triggers the memory and we actually go through a re-traumatization process. And my focus is is not to go there. I don't want to re-traumatize I don't want we've already experienced this thousands of times in our lives um, how many times do we have to experience that before we can let go and so what I shift for uh, is to help people be purely present fully authentic so that we can actually move through the trauma without disturbing the pain body which if that happens it dissolves it goes away so when we go into the pain body and it's triggered um, we're actually reliving it and projecting it onto our present circumstance. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah, that that Go doesn't. Go ahead. That doesn't doesn't leave us present anymore. We're just not present. Exactly. And yeah. the same thing happens then when you project yourself way far in the future, which is, is my circumstances are so difficult, I'm living my life as some idealized state in the future. And one of the ways to find out if people, especially, have been traumatized or doing it, is a daydream. Or dissociate. Right. Pick, they're both the same thing. 
And so, again, it takes us away from being fully present, and, and our essence is thinned out because we're way far into the distant future versus being fully present. And that was the critical piece for me uh, about uh, presence here and now. Um, and when I, uh, I'm also Gestalt trained, and so it's so what we call contact. And contact is, is uh, having an awareness of uh, my interior simultaneously to what's outside of me. So we, we like to say it's what's me and what's not me. And the more we refine that, the clearer we can be about being fully present within ourselves. When we're fully mm. present, I tell people, if you're fully present and you have that experience of what it feels like, you suddenly realize the safest place in the world is inside your own body. Yeah, boy, most people would argue that, right? It hasn't been their experience. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Most people yeah. say, no, but I'm not, I'm not going to go there because then I have to feel all this stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yet that's yeah. the only place we have any power, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, and that's where yeah. power power becomes because power is presence, force is external authority. External authority forces us to be something we're not. Uh, internal authority grants us the power to be who we are. Mm, beautiful. Let's shift gears again and let's talk about time crystals. Okay. Uh, time crystals evolved after working with uh, various types of crystals and energies and and. Um, what I've learned to evolve is because various people's uh, mental constructs or just understanding of uh, the reality is um, I can I can point out scientifically that there's an energy exchange between let's say a quartz crystal and a and a person, um, but uh, a lot of people aren't aren't astute enough to, uh, scientifically to to fully grasp that and and they'll say well. You know, uh, I don't know if I believe that or not. I say, okay, so let's do this. Let's just have an experiment and be open and, and tell me if you have an experience and to describe what that experience is. And one of the things I can support individuals uh, with is in the use of crystals. Uh, let's just say with quartz is one in each hand. If they all sit for five minutes per day, within a month they'll realize that they immediately go into a very deep, meditative, quiet state by just sitting quietly uh, with the crystals. Uh, the mind eventually quiets, and it actually can speed up the meditative process very quickly. One of the things that during I was doing all of this, uh, I was noticing that when I was traumatized, I always felt like a part of me slid out, and I, the way I describe it is, it just kind of slid out, uh, out of me, like I would have a tear in my body, but I knew that wasn't true, and that's when it led me to, to study in auras and realizing we actually do have an energy field and if you break down the atomic structure of our bodies we actually come down to the that flashing of between matter and pure energy so uh, I was as I worked with it I, I thought to myself well I wonder if dissociation is the equivalent of a part of us sliding outside of our uh, let's just say uh, immediate energy field out a little bit farther in the aura and kind of floats and then when it finally feels safe enough, it maybe seeps back into our body. Uh, but it's always a hair trigger away from taking off. Okay. So when I did that, my assumption then was is if that's true, and this is just floating out there in, in my energy field as a free-floating piece of time because it's a memory that's happened in the past, um, 
it also then helped me understand when you do shamanic journeys such as soul retrievals, where do they go get that piece of the soul? And it occurred to me they go into the person's energy field, they find that memory, and they bring it back, and they blow it back into the person. And suddenly, through the ritual, the ceremony, they remember something that happened, but it's done. They might cry and sob uh, in their memory, but it's no longer the trauma that is driving it. Is this making sense? Yes, so far, so good. Okay. So when I looked at all these pieces together, I I thought to myself, well, what if there would be a way energetically to absorb the pain body? And if it's the past, it's a pain body. And if they're always looking to the future, I call it a fear body. And the fear body is, is I'm afraid to actually reach for that. I'll dream, but I'm afraid to do what needs to be done in the present to take care of myself. For these, for for basic purposes, energetically, let's just say they're the same. So, I discovered and experimenting with. I use jet, which is a massive absorbent energy, and people who work with it often uh, shamanically feel like it pulls out dis-ease from people's bodies. So, another thing, a, a mineral is selenite, which has uh, it's a mineral that is universally accepted. Does not accept. Uh, negative energy. In other words, when energy goes into it, it becomes purified back into pure white light, or let's just say pure energy. Okay. There's no, can be no emotional uh, aspect to it. Just it's life force. So when I combined the two of those together, it was like, well, what if we go out and and we work in the the field of a person, and uh, combining uh, selenite with jet, and uh, it took some experimentation, and, and the way facilitator who maintains eye contact with the person that they're working with, and then I have two or three what we call trackers, who basically guide the person where they need to be. And in the, in the guiding, it's it's saying is is if you feel a little sensation in your body or someplace that there's a, an energetic quiver that you're aware of. Uh, just tell us and we'll stop. And that person will have a selenite with a jet combined uh, where they uh, will work that energy right in that that vicinity. And they only do it until the person uh, tells them to um, stop because they they no longer feel it. But the interesting thing, we've been doing this experiment with about 30 people around the country uh, with this process, is some fascinating things occurred. Uh, One person totally to her shock, indicated that she um, suddenly had a memory um, when she was very, very young that uh, she was a precocious, uh, happy child, sang a lot, and her first experience outside of her home was to go to school. And... The first thing that happened to her, and, and it happened multiple times in the first week, was is that she was bullied and uh, made fun of and given a hard time about her singing and her happiness. And the memory came back is that moment was, it's unsafe for me to fully express myself. And she stopped singing. Mm. Mm. You know, when when you're doing this kind of work, it occurs to me that you could really run across some hazmat, if you know what I mean, um, where the person gets really overwhelmed. Do you, are you trained to manage that, or do you have a referral base for people when that happens? Well, I have both. 
I, I know how to deal with trauma because of my own. And so I support people. But the interesting part about it is we don't trigger trauma. Okay. How do you avoid doing that? Because what ends up happening is, is we're not going, we're by the person standing in front of them, maintaining eye contact with them and constantly bringing them back. And I've trained them that if their eyes go up or go down, they're leaving their bodies. Mm-hmm. So make sure they maintain contact with you and they maintain eye contact with you. And they're talking constantly, asking, what are you noticing? Do you feel anything? Would it be helpful if we moved over? We check with the trackers in the back. Are you feeling anything? And all of them are becoming, creates this massive energy bubble that's highly sensitized. And uh, so far, I've not had anybody uh, go into a, a, trauma, a trauma trance. But if they do, uh, I've told people what, what needs to be done uh, to bring them back because the issue to get out of trauma trance is to get back fully to the present. Mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. we talk to them, we ask questions, we make them make eye contact. And, and if I have to, I said, well, you've already lived this multiple times. Do you want to continue to do that because you're not five years old anymore? And they pop right out of it. Well, I really want to go into this more, but we do have another commercial break coming up. So we will be back on the other side of this break. Before we pause, let me remind you to check out the amazing upcoming Galactic Shamanism classes for both children and adults on www.findyourpathhome.com. Herb and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Science of Magic, your resource to altruistic professionals of science and esoteric working to create common ground for the betterment of our world. Join our email family to receive our topic-driven episodes at thescienceofmagic.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What's up in your world? I always love to hear from my listeners. Email me at info at the science of magic.net and suggest a topic or guest that's on your mind. 
you're probably not the only one interested. Our guest this hour is Herb Stevenson. Herb has studied indigenous healing practices and offers workshops on crystal energy healing and time crystals. His website, onewhitehorsestanding.com. Herb, we were getting into some really fun stuff, and you were describing a healing session you went through. And as, as you were describing it, I'm envisioning this. And it would appear to me that you create a major field um, when you're working with a person to hold them in. Is this accurate, and how do you do that? Uh, yes, it is accurate, uh, and there's a couple of ways I do it. Uh, one is uh, by working when I do, uh, for example, I talked to you, I had two or three trackers working uh, in the energy field along with the person I call the facilitator. The combination of the, the people beginning to connect, um, their auric fields begin to, let's just say, overlap a bit until they merge to create what would be considered a bigger field. Uh, that's one way to do it, and, and part of the way that's uh, invoked is uh, through the use of crystals that, the, that are used during the process, and it's also invoked by just your presence. Uh, auric fields, the more present we are, the bigger the, the, the fields become. Uh, so if you're, the facilitator is fully present, fully grounded, maintaining eye contact with the, the, the client person that's being worked with, uh, and then you have the other three people staying fully present, because uh, that's the critical piece. If they start drifting, they need to get out of, this, out of the, the field because they're triggered in themselves and they're not going to be helpful. Right. So that's one of the ways to do it. Uh, another way that I often do this is um, I'm known for also building very large uh, crystal altars, so they can mm-hmm. be anywhere. Um, minerals and crystals, quartz, and a variety of things can can be six to eight hundred pounds, maybe sometimes a thousand pounds, um, to create a vortex of energy that that radiates outward to create a very large field. So I do so, both ways. You know, it, there's a there's a lot of use of crystals and and stones in the New Age community, and um, I have experienced some people that know what they're doing, and I've experienced some people that really don't know what they're doing with it. How can you tell the difference if you're looking for someone to do this work for you? And what do you have to say about when you don't know what you're doing? What's what can be the bad bad side of that? Um, the people, uh, the way I work with it is is. Uh, what I do that's different than a lot of people who are doing energy or healing work, um, I do not buy into the Western medicine where there has to be an expert who um, brings the knowledge in the sense of to heal the person. My approach is this collaboration, so that's a, a big issue, is it? So it means no egos, uh, or at least a, not in the sense of, of a power dynamic. So if somebody's really into fixing or saving other people, they're not going to fit into this system because this system has to create an open environment where the client feels safe because the healing has to actually come from them. So if we get them to stay fully present as we work through the, the, the dissolving of the pain body or the fear body so that the memory can come back, the impact of it can be profound. And I'll, I'll do that in... Uh, and the example I used before, the individual had the memory uh, when she she was six years old, also had a film of all the decisions that's kind of like skipping through her lifetime where she silenced herself because that voice came back and said, this is not a safe environment, do not speak. Right. Mm -hmm. So she released that whole 
trend line or pattern, energetic pattern from her, and she's completely changed. Um, she smiles now. She's doing all sorts of things. She completely changed her career. She's uh, really listening to what does she want to do, and the result is that she's completely shifted. So, so let, 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 me, let, me, let me stop you for a minute. I just got onto something here. So that's why you're calling it time crystals is because they're it's in the present able to heal the past. Correct. Oh, how fun Correct. is that? Yeah, because time is a place. So we'll just go to that place in the energy field, release that time so that it can be uh, released and, and come back into the body. Now, to go to the second part of, of your question is, is what I do when it, if a person is, is technically able to manipulate energy but isn't really embodying it in a way of understanding it. it it's a gift of energy going through you. It's, it's not your gift, per se, in the sense that it's not yours to use um, as a power dynamic. So I, I've been around several individuals who came to me and, and talked to me, and they were saying how they manipulate all this energy, and I said, um, okay, I have no doubt that you did it just by the way you described it, but what I'm concerned about is um, you're telling me that you did this to all these people, did not tell them, did not ask them, mm -hmm. uh, but you're very proud of what you did. And I said, that's sorcery. Absolutely. And I, yeah. And I said, that's a problem for me. Because uh, if you're into sorcery, uh, that will come back to you, and you will attract like energy, um, and then you'll get into a competition, and now you're not into uh, basically being a, a healing presence, which is what I call it. You're now into uh, some of the old shamanic wars. There's a lot of mythology about that, where the shamans got into fights about who's the most powerful, and they created all sorts of destruction. And... Um, I watched that actually happen at a Sundance where two medicine men were having a fight and it stirred up a massive storm that almost destroyed the entire Sundance area. Yeah, I can believe it. I mean, it's just not nice. When, when, you're, when you're trying to manipulate for your own purposes, you're breaking the laws of nature. And who's bigger in that equation? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's, I, I know people, and the thing I've trusted is this. I've said uh, the people who come to training with me, um, may not know why they're there, but know they need to be there. And if they tell me that, I'm, I know that they're there for the right reason. Um, but if they're, uh, they come and it's about a power dynamic and they're trying to take something to go use um, without doing the homework uh, internally, which is on themselves, as well as then uh, to be a partner with the client, uh, I refuse to, to have them uh, participate. Well, you'd have to, wouldn't you? Because they're going to they're going to pollute uh, the common field, right? With their with their agenda. Yes, that's exactly what they do. And then you have to work and double hard to co correct that. Yes, that is that is what happens. And isn't that just describing the condition of our society today? Isn't that what's going on unconsciously all the time? What well, is right now, and I, 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 somebody asked me, well, how do you look at the larger field? And I said, our, our collective unconscious is trying to find a new equilibrium because we have right now created a, a perfect storm of chaos. Um, we don't listen. Um, we don't want to listen. Um, and uh, instead of understanding that this is actually happening everywhere, Catalonia is trying to split from Spain and Turkey's changed, all these countries have changed. So there's some large collective unconscious energy that is trying to be uh, uh, released that has to find a new equilibrium with 
with the wholeness of society. And um, it's going to be real interesting because uh, when there's this much chaos, it basically means we're seeking a new order. And mm-hmm. when a new order, this chaos kind of comes out, it also triggers all the power players to the top because they want to force it back to the way it was because nobody could see what they were doing while they were what they perceive to be building power, whether that means money or real estate holdings or whatever else it is to them that, that, that equates to their, in their minds, power. But it's going to take real power is the collective consciousness has to decide to create a new order, which is a unifying order in order for us to move forward. So it's no How- great fixes. How can what would your advice be for each of us that would like to participate in being part of the solution rather than part of the power mongering? Uh, basically, sit back and listen to what's going on, um, uh, and listen to both sides, and listen for the pain body. Because if you listen to them, they'll actually you can hear uh, in their language where their angst is. Uh, a lot of the angst on the uh, ultra-conservative, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, etc., is fear. I fear they've been left out. Uh, uh, they probably lost their jobs during the 2008 crash. Some, of, A lot of them lost their homes. Um, so there's a fear out there that they're being left behind, and it feels unfair. Mm-hmm. You know, they're working, working folks. Um, so... The question is, is how do you address the fear? And one of the ways to overcome fear is through bluster. So there's a lot of bluster out there and a lot of anger. Well, it's just got to be released. And if we can find a way to release that so that they can move forward, that'll help. On the other side of it, we got, you know, the if you look in the U.S., the, the Bernie Sanders group, you know, he's out there promising them he's going to give them, they're entitled to a free ride to everything. And it's not feasible. And so what's happened is we create a perfect polarity of people who are disenfranchised uh, feel an anguish, and the anguish has to be released until we can come to a, a clarity of what is the new whole, what is in, what is the new United States, if we if we use uh, the U.S. as an example. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, we're just about out of time, but I can't thank you enough for being on the program, and blessings to your work and to the people that are working with you. Thank you. Thank you. I actually, uh, now that we've chatted, I look forward to uh, coming out to an entertaining conversation with you and Rob. (laughs) That that would be wonderful. We'd love to have you. (laughs) Well, it's hard to believe, but we're already out of time. Irv, thanks so much for joining us and sharing time with us. Our guest this hour has been Herb Stevenson. He studied indigenous healing practices and offers workshops on crystal energy healing and time crystals around the country. You can find out more about Herb on his website, onewhitehorsestanding.com. This has been the Science of Magic, thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and covered with love as you release the past to embrace the future.